You're listening to the Haunt Girls Podcast. The show where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, haunts, horror, and everything in between. I'm Allie. I'm Nikki. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I am going to eat your soul. Welcome back to the Haunt Girls podcast. As always, I'm Allie. I'm Nikki. And we are back this week doing a little bit different of a segment than we usually do. Um, Nikki and I both went out. We mm-hmm. both have um, AMC A-list stubs. I don't even know. Stubs. Yeah. yeah. Where we can go to um, multiple movies and not have to pay a whole lot. So we decided we're going to do some movie reviews. And the first one that we got to see together to even um, do this kind of segment with was Evil Dead Rise, which I know has been on a lot of people's radars lately. Yeah. And this is not paid by AMC whatsoever. No. But just a little side note. Uh, definitely a good bang for your buck. You get three free movies a week, um, plus like rewards added to your account for concessions and all that. So it ends up being a pretty good deal. Plus, it's about the same cost as one date night to the movies and you get three free movies a week every month. So yeah. And especially, you know, when summertime is coming around, there's usually a lot of great movies that come out. We do have a lot of horror movies coming out in the next couple months. So um, we'll keep an eye on those. If there's any specific ones you think would be good for us to review, um, feel free to let us know on Twitter. But before we do a jump into that, we do have some updates in the horror community. Yeah, We have our um, very first announcement for Sir Henry's Haunted Trail over in Plant City. And um, we love Sir Henry's. Um, We talked about, we did an entire episode on their Valentine's Day haunt event, and we had such a great time going to that event. So go back and listen to that episode if you Mm -hmm. haven't already. Um, We both, this haunt is just so different from others, but in the absolute best way. So um, seeing things get excited. You know, this event yeah. is always growing. Oh, for sure. And it's like seeing stuff like this get announced for 2023 is very, very exciting for their later haunts. They're constantly growing and improving every year. So it's great to see them adding more things and stuff to their event. Mm-hmm. Like it's expanding at a rapid rate. So if you haven't been out there, get out there. Um, but I, you might want to this year if you haven't already, because um, they have a new attraction coming this season for their October haunt. And this attraction is a haunted hayride. And it is called Legends of Halloween Haunted Hayride. And I am very mm-hmm. excited for this. Like, very, oh, yeah. very, very, very excited. This is something... Haunted Hayrides in general, um, to me, are a lot of fun. Because you really... When you're walking through a haunted house, right? You're you're kind of in control of your own movement. You can... If someone's coming at you, you can walk the other way. Or you can kind of move out of the way. But when you're on a hayride, like you're completely at the mercy of whoever is driving that hayride and you're kind of trapped like in the hayride. So whatever's coming for you, like you kind of just have to deal with it. Yeah. And I've been on several um, haunted hayrides in the past and they usually are pretty good fun. And I was just saying, I love this event, but it's usually only three trails and a few little stuff around um, the event space itself. Adding this hayride would just add more experiences to do while you're at Sir Henry's and basically extend your time there which i'm really happy for yep. and hay rides they usually take up usually take up a good amount of time so it's usually a longer trail that they mm-hmm. take you on and the hay ride itself is usually pretty slow so this should definitely um 
add some time to use at the mm-hmm. event, which is very exciting. So um, the description for the hayride that was announced, I'm going to read it quick. It says, um, featuring larger than life sets, custom special effects, and many of our icon characters you come to love, you have come to love over our 10 seasons. So Ooh. larger than life sets and special effects to me, I mean, I'm very excited for this. And another thing I think it's going to lend itself really well to this attraction is where they're located. Because the setting itself lends itself perfectly to a haunted hayride. You're basically almost in the middle of nowhere. And it's so dark and eerie out there. And it, so it's perfect yep, for a hayride. And I'll tell you what, the feeling and me personally, um, the first time I had gone to Sir Henry's, I have only gone to the Valentine's event. So everything I, I'm saying is based on that event. But the feeling I had standing in line in this field and it's dark and there's like spooky. It's the music is a little creepy, like getting ready to go into this house. I was nervous. I was and in a good way, like I was scared and I don't really get scared a whole lot anymore. Um, So this that's one of my favorite things about this event. So going on this haunted hayride, I can't wait to see. um you know how it makes me feel i think i think it's going to be a really fun fun attraction and i've been to one of the christmas events and the valentine's event not a halloween one just yet but those two events alone like they're usually very fun and like ali said the event the atmosphere itself is very creepy you're middle of nowhere it feels more realistic than um when it um in HHN house or a house mm-hmm. room house because you're that's a- um something else i really want to focus on for this announcement um if you go over to their Twitter, um, Sir Henry's Haunt, you can see kind of like a poster art for this announcement as well. And it looks like you can see the woods kind of like bare trees in the background, a jack-o'-lantern. Um, the eyes are on fire. <laughs> it looks terrifying. Um, also kind of like a creepy, I don't know, if he's not quite a skeleton, but not quite alive either, um, kind of reaching out for you. And I'm really excited for this. The clip, the art looks fantastic. Um, I think the haunted hayride itself is going to be fantastic as well. But we also, in addition to this, are still getting our three other trails and all the other amenities that they had before. So I'm very excited. If you go through the Twitter replies to this announcement, um, this completely blew up. There was um, lots of people saying, oh my gosh, can't wait to check this out. Like in all caps saying, this is so exciting. Um, A lot of people have never done hayrides. I mean, even... Growing up in the Northeast, we did hay rides all the time, but in Florida, that's not as common. Um, right up, up north, we have lots and of like, cornfields, but down here, not a whole lot. But I was telling Allie earlier that our hay rides are usually just like carts pulled by trucks, not really like hay mm-hmm. itself, just like carts carrying people, basically. Yeah. And they're usually they're not through cornfields; they're just usually through um random right plots of land right almost. right and we don't really have a whole lot of like pump usually pumpkin patches will do hay rides and stuff like that um but like i said in florida that's not really as much of a thing as it is up north so to get that little piece of halloween that we haven't really gotten to experience hardly at all um put it in the middle of florida especially during hot seasons i'm very excited for this and a lot of people on twitter seem to be as well so and a lot of people seem to say that this will be their first year going so you know pulling in a lot more people i i think this is going to work out really well um and i think we'll definitely of course be back this october um we'll probably get the ticket that allows us to go through the mazes more than once because we did it once and wanted to do it again immediately so (laughs) exactly um they're fun mazes yeah they're well done and they're the scares are pretty good They're in there. Fantastic. So. Yep. So go check them out. Um, as we get more announcements for them throughout the season, we'll continue to cover those and update those as we get them. Um, 
but it is exciting. You know, it's, it's only April, but we're, we're starting to get announcements, but I saw that a, um, home goods, I think it was already started pulling out their fall decor. Shut up. I'll, Cause so I'll be there. It's not, I'll be there. It's not, not just us folks. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway to Halloween who? Exactly. <laughs> it's always Halloween. So we wanted to add a, a segment to our podcast that covers more of the horror aspect. Um, and it's going to be called make you shutter, which is, Essentially, we're going to discuss movies that we found on the Shutter app, which usually are not that well known in the community and just spread more awareness about them. And they've got really great shows, um, shows and movies in there. I believe there's some shows. Yeah. I usually just do the movies. Yeah. And they're categorized in there as different tropes of horror. Mm-hmm. So whatever your fancy is, it's in there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty fun. Um I know. Did you want to yeah, yeah. And when I I have Shutter as well, and if you don't have Shutter, um, it's like less than seven dollars a month. It's like five or six, seven. I mean, it's super yeah. cheap. Um, and there's so it's many, so, so many movies and shows. Um, I usually get like an hour break for my lunch, so all the time I'll go on Shutter and just watch something quick. Something um in particular I like to watch on there is they have um, Crypt TV, which is like the little creep show shorts. Mm-hmm. I love those. Um. And they're really fun to watch. They're kind of like goosebumps, but a little bit scarier. And um, there's just little shows and movies, a lot on there you would never see, but there is some big ones on there as well. So um, we're gonna try to try to watch some. Yeah, part of me and Alex's nightly ritual is finding um, <laughs> a movie to watch before bed on Shutter because they usually are pretty good. And they're little hidden uh, gems, honestly. Yeah. But for this episode, we're gonna our make you Shutter is the house on Sorority Row. It was released in 1983, and you guys know I love my 80s slashers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this essentially kind of think of Black Christmas in the sense that you're in a sorority house and the girls are being murdered, but it actually you actually fi- figure out who the murderer is and what exactly is happening. Um, but without giving any spoilers, I'll just give you a little idea of what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about sorority. It's about these group of sorority sisters. They're all graduating college and they want to throw a party at their sorority house. Their house mother, which if you don't know, house mothers, typically they're the women, they're grown women that stay in the sorority house and make and like watch over it, make sure the girl's following the rules and make sure everything is kept nice and clean and all that. Um, their house mother tells them they can't do that because they have to be out of the house on a certain day. So the girls decide they're going to do the party anyway, and they pull a prank on their house mother that goes terribly wrong and ends up killing her. Um, mm. After the mother is after the house mother is killed, the sisters start getting murdered one by one, and they have to figure out who's doing it and why. Oh, but it's a pretty good one. Um, I don't think I've heard of it before. Finding it on Shutter, so make sure you guys check it out. Let us know what you think once you do. It's pretty good. Again, it's the house on Sorority Row. I'll be making a tweet about it later Monday to remind you guys about it. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good watch. That's one that I actually have not watched yet. Um, but I am gonna watch probably before our next episode. Um, not the one that comes out right after this one because that one's coming out the same day as well. Um, but probably our next episode. I do want to watch it. And um, if any of you have watched this, let us know what you think. Um, we watch a lot of movies on Shutter, so. Just thought it would be fun to talk about some of them and give some ideas because sometimes it's hard to find on there. So find some good ones. Some yeah, that one sounds like a really good one though. Kind of relative to us too, <laughs> just a little. 
Yeah, I, I think that's what piqued my interest first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it ended up pretty being pretty good. I had um not really a who done it, but like more of like what's going on. Right. Really sure. I like those thriller mysteries. Like you're trying to solve something because sometimes I'm pretty good at guessing what's gonna happen, but sometimes when it throws me off, I'm like, oh, I thought I was smart, but I guess not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yep. this is a pretty good one if you like those. Yep, and the, and so make sure you check it out. The House on Sorority Row, 1983. Mm-hmm. On Shutter. All right, so I guess it's time to do a jump into our Evil Dead Rise review. Um, If you have not seen Evil Dead Rise yet, there will be 100% spoilers in this segment from here on out. Um, So just a forewarning, there will be spoilers. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, just come on back and listen to this part of our episode once you have seen the movie. Or um, just listen with caution because some things may be spoiled for you if you haven't seen it. So just a warning. If you haven't seen this movie and you're too scared to see it or you just don't want to see it, rather have us explain it to you, then get comfy because it's going to be a good one. Do you want to tell a little backstory of what this movie is about and kind of where it takes place or what's what the what's going on? Sure. So for content, this is going to be a direct sequel to the original trilogy. When I say original trilogy i mean the original evil dead evil dead 2 and army of darkness yeah so not so not 2013 not, evil dead not 2013 not ash versus the evil dead mm-hmm. just the original trilogy mm-hmm. and also in the last of the trilogy the army of darkness it discusses how there's three necronomicon is that how you pronounce the book of the dead the book of the dead that's what i call it <laughs> it explains that there's three of them it shows three of them. Mm-hmm. So that would explain why there's a, a um, third one book. in this particular movie. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people were like, how do they get their hands on it? Um, this basically tells you why. Mm-hmm. And then the one of the recordings that is played in the movie, they um, it discusses how there's three volumes of the book that exist. The first volume is said to be the from the original Sam Ramby, Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. film. The second is said to be in the 2013 remake. And then the third is the volume that we see in the Evil Dead Rise. Yes. So it makes the whole series a canon, basically. Yeah. So, um, but this one, unlike the others, does take place in a high-rise building. Um, And I believe, um, you know, not to get too much into it yet, um, but this one, apparently there used to be like a bank located below and then they extended this into a high rise like they do in most old buildings in the middle of a city <laughs> they'll extend it into apartments or housing or whatever so that's essentially right. um where the backstory to this building itself so a little bit different than the other evil dead movies but um there is some fun facts as well yeah for this movie some things they added the first really big fun fact um is that the director lee cronin stated in an interview that. 6,500 liters or 1,720 gallons of fake blood were used in this movie. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, or you have seen this movie, you can understand that it's very, very gory. There's a lot of blood just going everywhere. And 6,500 liters would make sense to me (laughs) to be the amount of fake blood used in this This is a very gory movie. I'm just talking about the movie style in general. There is gore everywhere literally so many times me and nikki would be looking at each other in the theater and be covering her eyes or looking away because it was so so much blood that's all i have to say so much blood. it was a lot it was a lot so, <laughs> luckily um, it was fake yeah but over th- almost two thousand <laughs> gallons of blood is a lot a lot that a is lot. a lot of gallons mm-hmm. that is a lot of fake blood corn syrup whatever they use nowadays <laughs> for the blood um, the movie is also shot exactly 
the movie was also shot in chronological order. That's um, interesting. For my understanding, that means. Yeah. So essentially the whole movie is kind of in a flashback format. So we start the movie the day after the events of the film. And then we get the middle part, which is supposed to be the main event. And then we're back to present time. Yeah. But so but what's interesting uh, is a lot of movies in general, when they're filming them, um, don't they always do scenes here and there. They don't always necessarily film in chronological order, especially if some things right. um, make sense to film at a certain setting again, you know. Um, but to do this in chronological order, at least from my perspective, does make sense for this one because um, as it goes on, the different sets are in different places. But what's interesting is, um, so then, I don't know. I'm curious to see if, do you think they filmed the beginning and the end scene when they did or do you think they I, filmed those together? I believe they filmed the first, the opening scene of the movie, which is also the end scene of the movie, kind of together. Well, but... I took that as they filmed the main parts of the movie, the flashback parts first, and then they filmed that oh, first end scene. Yep. I, That's how okay. I took it as chronological I, order. I think that makes a lot more sense, too. But still, it's mm-hmm. really cool. A lot of movies don't do that, and shows in general as well. Sometimes they film different episodes out in order, different orders than they actually occur in the timeline. So recording the timeline is something unique to this movie. Not a whole lot of movies do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's also one last fun fact. This is the only Evil Dead film that does not feature the 1973 Delta 88 Royal vehicle that we've seen in Ash's all the car. other Evil Dead films. Yeah. Ash's car. is Exactly. But we do get a kind of fun Easter egg nod to the vehicle, which we'll cover later. Once we get to episode. it. Yeah. But yeah. We don't get that car. So um, going in order of the timeline of the movie or the movie itself. Um, we're going to talk about the first scene. The first scene itself is we start in a cabin on a lake. Um, we see what almost looks like um, the very typical Evil Dead, like the the demon flying through. You see it's like the POV is like you through the eyes of the evil and it's flying. Usually it flies into somebody, but um, it's flying towards this girl who is standing on this dock at a lake so i'm like man they're really just getting right into it and then um come to find out it is a drone it's not actually um the evil the the demon demon. yeah so um it's a drone and the girl is on the dock arguing kind of going back and forth with her i think it's her friend's boyfriend her cousin's boyfriend yeah yeah and um she's sick she's inside and they're kind of going back and forth and she's like oh i had to go on this stupid trip i wish i didn't have to be here blah 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 because none of the other friends cousins right. came anyway so and the boyfriend like the cousin's like shouldn't you be taking care of her and he's like nah she's asleep yeah she'll just sleep it off she's yeah. fine uh, as typical boys do yeah so uh, <laughs> she'll just sleep right. it off. so of course fine. the the girl goes inside to check on her cousin who is asleep in bed and um we come in the cousin's kind of laying across the bed and she, um the girl sits down and starts reading one of her books and then all of a sudden the girl on the bed sits up and starts reciting the lines from the book without actually looking at the book she's like turned away and has her back turned to her but she's literally reading the book like in a demonic voice word for word which is absolutely that first scene. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is going to be a good. Right. And the book that she is reading is Withering Heights. And this is the second time you've seen Withering Heights, the book, in a horror film. It was also seen in Barbarian. 
Oh, so that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. It keeps seeing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of keeps popping up. But um, yeah. there was also another Evil Dead movie. Um, I do not know the specific one where something very similar to this happened where um, the person who was possessed, I think they call them, they have a specific name for them, Deadites. I believe is what the deadites. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. one of them was reading kind of like counting cards in a card game um without looking at the cards. So this is kind of a, another right. nod to the Evil Dead movies as well. So you know, really, really yeah. fun opening scene. And then um do we want to talk about what, what <laughs> it gets what, even what better to our friend that's reading the book? Sure. Um, so she's getting freaked out because her cousin is sitting up reading the book word for word that's in front of her that she cannot see she slams the book closed uh the cousin i think recites a few other lines and then kind of spazzes out and falls off the bed yes and starts spitting um, out all that fuming at the mouth essentially yeah all of that right like, all that nasty white throw up that's a that's a very evil dead thing uh-huh um, that's when you know exactly it's time, it's time and to the get cousin out of <laughs> yeah and the cousin which at that point i'm like get the fuck out of there but of course the cousin's like oh my god no what's going on with you she like oh, yeah no. she checks to see if she's and then, breathing and like put, puts right, her head on which, her chest <laughs> she, at which point the cousin grabs her by her well her throat she starts choking her and then like twisting her hair right by the throat yeah twisting her hair and then rips off the ponytail braid and sculpture, literally essentially sculpts like her head as quick as like I wasn't expecting it. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's gonna choke her out, and then all of a sudden, like, rips her hair off her head with her head attached. That's how you knew where this movie was going. And we're only like, yeah, like what, maybe <laughs> ten minutes in, and, and we everybody in the theater, not even gasped, was like. <gasps> Because we didn't see that coming. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I really thought she was just going to choke her. And then she was like playing with her hair. I'm like, oh, that's really fucked up. And then ripped her whole, by her ponytail, her hair out of her head. Right. Her head, it's clean off. So, of course, the cousin runs out screaming to the boy, to the boyfriend, like, oh, my God, help me, help me. Literally blood everywhere. Like, like gorgeous how her scalp is gone. Yeah. Ooh. And then, <laughs> um then comes the uh the girl that's possessed the possessed cousin yeah the deadite (laughs) and she the deadite and she gets the drone the drone and holds it to her face so it slices up her face a little bit and then jumps into the water Mm -hmm. and then the boyfriend jumps after her brightest jumps jumps in after her which why whatever um if you guys didn't know where this is going, he, dies. he drowns him. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> she, yeah, he's gone. We see a big pool of blood come uh, up to the surface, and she's mm-hmm. and he is gone. Does not come up ever again. Exactly. And then that's when we get the iconic scene. Yep. Where she floats out of the water, she's, and that's our yep. title. She card rises out of the out of the Evil Dead. Rise. Yep. She rises out of the water, and we get Evil Dead rise. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we are transported to this high rise building, and we're like, man, how the hell does this connect? Um, which you don't find out for a very right, long which, time. <laughs> um, the it does say the day, pr- like the previous day. Yes, it does tell us like you know SpongeBob fashion one hour early, whatever. Right. It says the previous day, and then we're at the high rise mm-hmm. with our 
main family. Our lovely family. And that's when the movie, I guess, fish. Yes. Yeah, so we have. Right. Um, that's when the movie first starts. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a little, another kind of Easter egg, something we saw in this movie that is very similar to the other Evil Dead movies. Um, at least the 1981 and the 2013 movie. We have another group of five, which is very consistent with um, what we've seen in the other movies. And we also have a set of siblings, kind of like a sibling reunion. So in this case, we have um, Beth, which is kind of like a, she is kind of like, they keep referring to her, her as a groupie, but she's kind of like a guitar technician. And um, she mm-hmm. travels home to visit her sister, um, Ellie. 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 Yep, it's Ellie. So the sister, Ellie, she goes home to visit her and Ellie's three kids. Well, she goes home because she finds out she's pregnant and she needs the help of her older sister, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a common theme, um, something that I do want to point out before we introduce um, our main characters of this part is we do have a family of five, which is actually a common theme in the Evil Dead 1981 movie and then also the 2013 movie, which those are very similar as well. But we do see a group of five. Um, in this case, it is a sister and her younger sister. So two sisters. Another theme we see um, in Evil Dead, the original, we had Ash and his sister. Um, in this one, we have two sisters, um, Beth and Ellie. Beth um, is on the road as a, they call her a groupie, but she's really a guitar technician. Um, that's a big thing in there. And um, she learns she is pregnant and goes home to visit her sister who is living with her, their three kids. And her husband. Mm-hmm. But plot twist, the husband is gone. Yeah. As far as Beth knows that she's she's going back to her sister with her partner and mm-hmm. the three kids. On the kids, we have the oldest, which is the brother. Mm-hmm. His name is Danny. The middle child is Bridget. And the youngest is Cassie. Yeah. So those we meet the family. Um, They live in this high rise building. We do find out um, their dad has left them. Um, they don't really know why it's, it's still very unclear what has happened, um, for the dad to leave the kids. So we have a single mom with her three kids living in this high rise building. Um, we also learn once, um, Beth Mm. returns that they are going to tear the building down in a month. And, um, we don't really know why it's an older building, but they basically have a month to get out. Um, the building's old. It's like we said before, it was a bank that they built the high rise on top of and they are now tearing it down danny the oldest brother likes telling the two younger um siblings that the building is haunted because it was built Mm -hmm. on a bank and there is a bank teller that died and if you have coins in your pocket he'll come kill you Mm -hmm. for your money um but when beth gets there she starts asking oh where's i forgot the father's name where so and so i got a gift for him too where is he so i can give it to him ellie sends the kids out to go get pizza Mm -hmm. um just because it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation to have because she has to tell the aunt that the father Mm -hmm. essentially left them uh but the pizza place that ellie sent the kids to is another little easter egg they hid in the movie it's called Mm -hmm. henrietta's which is a reference to Henrietta Nobi, which is the demon in the basement yes, from Evil Dead 2. The demon, yeah, like the one that's kind of in the little, in the basement door under the cabin and is kind of like mocking them, is locked in underneath that demon. That's the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so the piece place was named after yeah. her to throw in a little Easter egg to the previous Evil Deads. Uh, while the kids are out getting the pizza, that's when Ellie tells Beth that the 
father had left them and that she had tried calling Beth to tell her that like, Hey, I need my sister. Cause my partner essentially left mm-hmm. me with the kids. And um, that's when we find out that their relationship is kind of estranged because Beth never answered. And Beth basically explains that when she's on the road with um, the crew that she doesn't really answer as much because she's busy working, trying to make a name for herself out there. So that kind of builds up that this relationship between sister and sister is not the greatest. Kind of one-sided. Um, yeah, like Beth, Beth always seems to run oh. to, to Ellie for help. But right. Ellie, you know, really needed her at least at that point, And she was nowhere to be found. So, um, But at that point, that's when the earthquake hits. Yeah. The kids are in the parking garage mm-hmm. of the, Below building, the building. Which that's when we find out that like the rest of the building... Right. The gate for the garage is not the greatest. Like it takes you beeping it a few times before it opens. Um, but that's when the her the earthquake hits, the building shakes, and a hole emerges in the parking garage. Yeah. So after during the earthquake, we see this very large crack go across the floor of this concrete parking garage. And the garage is located below the building, um, which we, yeah, didn't know bef- that was rumored to be a bank that was previously there. So um, during this, when this crack opens in the ground, it kind of opens a hole. And um, the older brother, Danny, goes and takes a look and he goes, oh, there's a bank vault under here. So what does Danny do? Danny says, silly, I'm, I'm going to climb into this hole, this crevice that is opened from this earthquake underneath the parking garage and take a peek around and this this setting for me um this was a really cool part of the movie i think how they added in this kind of like underground bank that um Mm -hmm. was very maybe not so much just a bank (laughs) yeah he's basically like in the safety deposit section of Uh the bank like in the vault yes where people are able to like store things in the bank for safekeeping Mm -hmm. that's where he ends up yeah so he starts looking around the bank um trying to find you know see what he can find there might be money down there there might be some other stuff you never know it's a bank and um right he finds he's opening safety deposit boxes and he finds one that has a picture of like the brotherhood of priests i forgot what it's Mm -hmm. called um it's a group of priests and then he finds a vinyl yeah record a couple of them yeah like a whole box of stuff right and then he looks past like the shelving with the safety deposit box and sees what looks like a tomb like a above ground grave yes that has a hole in it so you're able to look in there and see what's in Mm -hmm. there there's like a piece of the concrete missing from the side um but we do see um Mm -hmm. we also do see a lot of crosses hanging on chains from the ceiling and coins of such that are very very old and you can tell um all of this was kind of it almost looks like it was like packaged away purposely like very heavily religiously guarded whatever is in this this tomb or this grave and um you know maybe we shouldn't be fucking with it um but i believe when when we go back when danny is looking through the boxes we do see something in like behind him kind of moving it's like oh my god what is that and then all of a sudden um down on drops down on ropes is kind of like a, a a crucifix with jesus on it it scares the shit out of you it's right, like that was massive like, uh one of the big one of the first big jump scares of the movie is actually jesus christ coming in. yeah no really um, but it makes sense because it was a bunch of yeah religious um i guess artifacts you can say yeah, but in this in- bank it's very uh, safety deposit yeah it's very weird, but um, he basically looks in this tomb. There's a hole uh, that has opened up, maybe from the earthquake, or maybe it was just old. And he pulls out wrapped in uh, an old cloth, and it is the book of 
what we know as the book of the dead um he does not know that at this point but immediately we're like oh shit like he found the book (laughs) so um danny takes the book and everything he finds and brings it upstairs to their apartment which i believe is on the 13th floor which is kind of a a funny little fact. I think we all have a Danny in our lives that we do not want to be stuck in in a horror movie <laughs> context because it was just if I felt like he had idiot written across his forehead at this point because it was just like, dude. Yeah. And he says too, he's like, oh, well, maybe we can make some money because mom's really hurting for money. Um, But really, I think he's just very curious to see what this is all about. Um, I kind of don't blame him. But then again, um, some other stuff that he right. does, we- I'm like, eh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Bridget keeps telling him, like, take it back to the bank, take it back. Yeah, and put then, it back. of course, like, this is after the earthquake happens, and like, they've just been reunited with their mother and their apartment. So they're like, the mother, mom's not gonna let me go back out of this house tonight. Especially, and she's like, you're yeah, right. So, especially into this hole in the garage. Yeah. So, so take it back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But Danny can't, Danny can't hold himself back, yeah. and he ends up, um, Taking the book out, which he struggles to open the book, and then he pricks himself on accident with like those teeth, teeth binding, like, kind of keeping yeah. the book closed. Yeah, he pricks himself on it. His blood drops onto the cover, and of course, the book is able to be opened. And they start looking at the imagery, and it's not Bridget leaves him alone with the book and the vinyl record. And Danny, being Danny, puts it on his vinyl record player. Yeah, his turn his turntable, but he has to kind of spin it when he when it the speed it's at at first isn't fast enough to put the audio together correctly. So he starts spinning it faster with his right. finger and as he's playing it, we hear this priest like talking about this the book of the dead and it you hear him talking to like a crowd of people or the other priest or something like that and he's kind of saying the book of the dead is you know, kind of like he it's a good thing for them. They can use it to do this and to do that and the people he's talking to are basically like no like we like the book of the dead is bad like stay away from it like what the hell are you doing right and this is where um which i was waiting for all film because i was i was hoping it would happen that's where we get our first bruce campbell cameo Mm -hmm. um you can hear his voice in the recording saying destroy it it's called the book of the dead for a reason Mm -hmm. so that's a nice little way they snuck him into the films without him actually being in it yeah and that's something i I didn't notice right away when i watched the movie um but then once after we watched it and i was like okay let's just see what easter eggs we did see and which ones we missed and this was one that we did miss um but looking back at it now i'm like dang that's a cool way to because i think you actually hear him yell like oh it's like he's one of the ones that are vouching against the book Right. And it's said that this is actually him as Ash because um, the director suggests that Campbell could be playing Ash in this recording since there have been multiple instances of Ash going back in time. Right. The Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So this could have been from one of those times that he had gone back in time and was trying to like stop people yeah. from using it. So that was probably Ash's voice screaming mm-hmm. out, destroy it. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason because I fucking know what happens with it. Yep. So um, to kind of put this all together, the more recordings are played. Um, I think Danny's starting to realize, like, this is this sounds pretty evil. This sounds pretty not good. And um, he, at during the second vinyl, I believe, is when he starts to hear the chanting. The of, chant. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what opens the book. Well, the blood and the chant is what kind of summons the the evil, essentially. And um, he's like, oh, shit, trying to turn it off. And he's hitting off, off, off. And it's not stopping. And he's trying to pull it off. And the um, the needle, like, shocks him. And 
basically he like can't turn it off so there's no turning back now and we see the evil um it gives us that that point of view again of it flying down the street coming to find it goes into the high-rise building goes right into the bottom and right into the elevator where our ellie is ellie by herself in the elevator and she just gets essentially it's her and her and this evil in the elevator so so the cool thing about this possession is again another easter egg was snuck in the wiring on the elevator comes down and kind of wraps her up and holds her limbs apart kind of like in the original evil dead movies with the trees and the vines yes that was a little homage that and then also on ellie's arms you can see she has tattoos of vines Mm -hmm. that also is is an easter egg to her being wrapped up in the wires just like the previous characters yeah. in the previous evil dead trilogy yeah so when the evil kind of op- the elevator doors open and it kind of slams into the elevator with her and um there's we see like elevator cables hanging it first hangs her um by her neck and she's kind of like trying mm-hmm. to reach out to the edge so that she can kind of stand up at least a little bit and then as she's reaching out it grabs her ankles and her her wrists and pulls it apart just like we saw in the 2013 and the um the 1981 evil dead movies so right. a nice little little nod to those movies as well is the possession takes place kind of the same way. Exactly. So, but yeah. And then from uh, there, she goes back up to her family and um, is a little off, obviously. Yeah, she she comes in. She comes in kind of like with that zombie walk. Um, it's very creepy. Uh, this part of the movie, I feel like creepy. felt very much like the original Evil Dead movies. I'm like, all right, here, like, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. She goes into the kitchen, starts cooking in there with the eggs, you know, get those nutrients in. Mm-hmm. And then she starts yeah, becomes- slamming them. She's slamming the eggs, eggshell and all into a cast iron skillet on a like sculching hot stove so she's just like yeah, and essentially and they have yeah, blood the in family them, starts yeah. realizing that there's an issue <laughs> that mommy's not feeling so great mm-hmm. um i believe she then like takes the pan off of the burner drops it and then also drops to the floor herself I'm re- yeah so correctly. she at this point um ellie is starting to realize like something is in her and she at one point is able to say to beth um don't let them get my don't it's in me and don't let it get my babies and then all of a don't sudden yeah. yeah she starts doing the the white vomiting like we saw in everyone else in evil dead so that means she's possessed and it's the family believes yeah that she's dead well they tried taking her first they tried taking her oh to the, the elevator hospital, yeah but being on such a high level they go and remember there's a hurt the earthquake just happens the elevator is like not working the wires are all hanging down the door is like slamming closing, right, closing right. open they go okay let's take the stairs they go mm-hmm. to the stairs the stairs are gone like mm-hmm. i guess during the earthquake they just collapse on themselves they're gone very convenient so realize, yeah very convenient right. the stairs um and then at this point um all the other neighbors in the hallway kind of try to help out and they're like okay well where's the fire escape how else can we get her out of here and we do learn that there is a fire escape um that exits out of one of the units that is vacant um but they make the comment specifically that these doors are old and they're very very difficult to break down they're solid wood they're locked they're incredibly difficult to break through but they're gonna try because they got to get her out because something something's wrong right since since it's vacant, also there's like an extra lock on it mm-hmm. to stop squatters or something. Right. Um, 
But at that point, like, they just consider the mother dead. So they go and lay her on her bed. And, like, the three adults, so it's... And then the two neighbors are kind of just, like, standing over her. And then the kids are in their rooms mm-hmm. crying. They just lost mom. It's very traumatic in a very dramatic way. Like, mom came in yeah. and crazy. Yeah, so they, um, so they just kind of put her in bed, tuck her in. <laughs> go to sleep. Yeah. And then, yeah, so the neighbors leave the two sisters alone, Beth and Ellie, um... Ellie's sitting there and then suddenly you see Ellie's eyes open and Beth's phone starts playing a voicemail that Ellie had left her a few months ago. Yes, when the dad left. So yeah, Ellie shoots up and that's when they realize that she is burning up. So they decide to put her in the bathtub with some water. And when they put her in, it starts boiling up. That's when she... Um, yeah, she's kind of like like convulsing in the tub. Right. She shoots up some nonsense and then falls back into the tub. And that's when she comes up and says those famous lines that everyone's obsessed with, that mm. mommy's with the maggots now. Yes. And the, um, the maggots and, yeah. are like a, a fun little... Um, I don't want to say a fun little theme. But um, in the very first Evil Dead movie in 1981, when Ash burns the Book of the Dead... All of the deadites basically are like dying, decomposing, and they all become like maggots. So this is a right. little um them adding this line, mommy's with the maggots now. And then later in the movie we also see Bridget like throwing up maggots. It was it was exactly. a very, very cool tie-in to the original Evil Dead movies as well. It was something we all noticed like right away. But yeah, so mom basically is attacking the kids they eventually get her locked away in the hallway and she attacks the neighbors but while she is locked away in the hallway we kind of zone in on bridget which had a very close encounter with her prior to her being locked out in the hallway Uh uh-huh do you want to talk about yeah yeah we can talk about this so um we see before the the mother ellie gets thrown into the hallway um they lock her out she um basically tries to tattoo like has a tattoo gun and is like stabbing it into her daughter's face bridget's face and then so she has this big gash across her cheek that's kind of black from the ink but also like severely bleeding because she like completely drills it into her skin and we see this happen so this is like ugh, like another little gory kind of thing they added in that of course makes you all kind of jump and not want to look at the screen <laughs> But um, this right. kind of hints at that maybe, um, at least in the past Evil Dead movies, it's kind of like as time goes on, um, the book kind of flips pages and then so- some other demon comes out of the book. So then uh, at this point, um, Bridget is the next one in the family that becomes possessed. And um, she basically, this there's a lot of gory scenes with this once she gets possessed. And uh-huh. Bridget is her aunt, um, Beth, comes into the kitchen and she is she sees Bridget squatting on the counter facing the cabinets kind of looking up. And um, we hear this really weird noise and we don't really know what it is. And then they kind of zoom in on her and she turns around and she's literally eating a wine glass. And you can literally see the charts of glass going down her throat. And like cutting and cutting her throat open from the inside. (laughs) Oh, I was so bad. It was so and you see her like crunching on it and continuing to eat it. But you can tell by her face like she has these like black veins all in her face like she's gone. Yeah. Like she was already like spitting out maggots and like black oozing from her mouth and her eyes like it's like bridget's done bridget (laughs) she's she's a goner unfortunately um but then she she starts coming after the aunt beth and beth is trying to get away and you know of course beth really doesn't want to hurt these people but 
she's basically trying to run away from or beth is running away from bridget and bridget jumps off the counter and grabs the cheese grater this was probably like one of the worst scenes in terms of like gore my mouth the second i saw the like them focus on the cheese grater i was like you got to be fucking kidding me and they she grabs the cheese grater and grabs her leg and starts (gasps) ripping the cheese grater away at the back of her calf and it's so interesting that i think the placement they picked worked perfectly for this scene because if you think about it like the back of your ankle and the back of my leg anytime i see somebody's like ankles get cut or their like calves like that to me is like the worst like makes literally gives me like shivers down my spine so seeing them take the cheese grater to the back of her leg was like oh my god i will say the cut wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be no no like but it was just the thought i think yeah it was the the thought going into your mind of what that would feel like right. in a cheese grater it makes to you, the back of it your It makes calf. you feel the same way that, like, nails on a chalkboard makes you feel. That same kind right. of, like, Ooh. And I, yeah, I personally avoided spoilers for this movie. And I know the hashtag, like, on Twitter, it had the little cheese grater in it. But I didn't know exactly why they had put that with the hashtag. So, yes, I don't know if I was expecting that. But it was just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I said, um, okay, well, I did hear a little bit about the cheese grater, but I was like, what do you mean the cheese grater? Like, I didn't understand, like, what sense this was being used in. And then once I right. saw her grab it, I was like, oh, my God, no. I was like, please don't do that. Right. <laughs> like, I knew instantly, uh, like, I put it together right away. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. Um, after that, that scuffle with the aunt and the cheese grater, um, she runs in for her siblings. Bridget goes after her siblings. And earlier in the film, we had seen that the younger sister likes making like these little like defense tools for the ghosts. And she had made um, a spear essentially with a doll's head on it, but it had like a very sharp end. Stabby? What was it called? Daphne. Daphne. Like like Daphne, but like a staff. Staff. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Cassie is just trying to protect herself. She's in a corner. So she kind of sticks up Staphne. And what's very ironic is. Um, we do learn at the beginning of the movie the reason that Cassie made Staphne was to protect herself from the the ghost from the bank. Right. Because apparently she said, oh, it'll scare that ghost to death first before he can scare me to death. So um, it's very ironic she made this for the ghost bank and ended up using it to kill her possessed sister. <laughs> um, exactly. But it's Which, a clear, technically, it's a you, could say, yeah. you could say that's the ghost from the bank. That's true. It's like the spirit that came from the bank so essentially it was used for the job that it was attended for yes um, but yeah at that point we think bridget is dead they um yeah. danny wraps her in a blanket and ties her up essentially thinking that would oh, help. oh and, um, and this imagery is is yeah. very very terrifying you just see she goes he goes oh i tied her up just to be safe so he ties her up but he does not tie her to anything he just ties her to herself which is the number one mistake, in my opinion, in the scene. But he puts the blanket over her head and wraps her in all these cords no. and stuff. And right. he just lays her in bed. <laughs> all wrapped up. And it, right. this the is a very mis- creepy scene. Yeah. The number one mistake was not chopping her into pieces. I always scream out when they think that the villain is dead, that you need to chop it into little pieces. Because it's not going to be dead <laughs> until you do that. Because they always come back. Well, um, and at at this point too, um, we do have to remember like Danny is kind of aware because he, of course, knows that 
this audio was played from this vinyl. So he kind of knows what it's coming from. Oh, but we Danny knows exactly what's going on. Danny knows that he did all this, but he does. He doesn't share this. Um, Eventually him and Bridget are arguing over it. This was Mm -hmm. before Bridget dies, of course. And um, just then and there is when we find out what happened, like that he communicates. Oh, yeah. By the way, I did this. And it's like, we should have told each other this from the get go, like the very beginning. This should have been like day one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, so we, we put Bridget in the bed, we wrap her up and then, right. um, we are down to just Danny. Yeah. Danny, Cassie and Beth. Right. Back outside of the inside. hallway where Ellie is, was destroying the neighbors. Basically, um, there is a scene where she chews out the eyeball of one of the neighbors. So the audio of her biting out the neighbor's eye is actually the same audio of Ash Bruce Campbell biting into an apple. Yeah, so they used him for that. Right. So that's like aggressively way. biting into an apple. Right, like a very ch- crunchy, just, huh. you know, that kind yes. of sound. Um, That was the sound yeah. that they used for um, d- uh, Dead-Eye Ellie biting into the mm-hmm. neighbor's eye. So, yeah, so fun. she's in the hallway, kills all the neighbors, no matter what they do to try to fight back, they are all dead. And yeah. because they really have nowhere to go either. The elevator is still broken. There's no stairs. They can go back into their room. So that's really it. So now every pretty much everybody is dead except for Cassie, Danny and Beth. So the great tie job that he did on his sister, Bridget, did not work very well. And while everyone was concerned about Ellie being in the vents at one point, Bridget's body is like floating around, still tied up. Like it still has the wires and stuff and the blanket wrapped around her. But she is mm-hmm. up and floating and moving around. And Danny has a knife. Oh, that was terrifying. That was terrifying. Yeah. Because you, as the audience, you see it floating behind the kids, but the kids do not know it's there because they're really concerned about their mother being in the vents. Yeah. And she's still tied up, but she's like her. Obviously, her feet are out. Her feet are not tied, right? But she's but she can also float. Yeah. Yeah. So I hate when they start floating. I hate floating and crawling and climbing walls. I think that imagery is just terrifying. Terrifying. Um. But Danny has a knife, so he sees that and tries stabbing her like in the stomach area with it. And you Mm -hmm. don't see Bridget's face, but like you can tell, like the body inside, like looks down at the knife looks back up, pulls the knife out, and starts stabbing Danny with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Danny is gone. Danny's de- Yeah, Danny's dead. And then Cassie Casey is hiding underneath the table where there's um, a pair of scissors that was dropped there earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Danny's dead at this point. And... Beth is in Danny's room listening to the recording, trying to figure out what's going on. And that's when um Ellie comes in through the vents and starts attacking her. To... Yeah. Finds a way in. Right, which I thought was really funny because uh Beth grabs a screwdriver and just like jabs it into Ellie's neck. And Ellie just looks at her like really. And the next thing you know, she's like throwing Ellie through the glass doors back well, to the yeah. living room. And <laughs> I thought that was so funny. She was like, "Really? You think that's gonna?" I'm like, "Did we... that's gonna?" Well, I mean, so even funny. us, even us in the theater, we're like, "Really? Like, at, like this bitch came back from the dead? How many times? Like, you really think the screwdriver's gonna be it?" <laughs> like, right. I mean, I don't know. Right. Um. Yeah, but, but you never know. I mean, it's worth a try, I guess. But <laughs> she's she's exactly she sees 
Danny's dead. She knows, realizes just, and she's able to jab it into Ellie's mouth. Mm-hmm. And that stops her for a little bit. But of course, she's not dead. We all know she's not dead. Um, but they're right. at that point, they're able to run out and try to figure out a way of escaping the building. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so then we see Beth and um, Cassie are in the hallway. They're trying to get out. Um, but then we also start to see all of the neighbors and everybody else in the hallway kind of coming back possessed as well. So now it's yeah. literally Beth and Cassie against everyone. And they run into the elevator because that's the only way out. There's no stairs. They collapse. And all of them start chanting, everyone in this building dies by dawn. And they say, death by dead dawn. By dawn. Keep- dead by dawn. Yeah. yeah. Which is, and that, I believe that mm-hmm. is a line I said that in the previous um, Evil Dead. Like Evil Dead 2. Yeah, yes. it was the tagline for that movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like also chanted as well. So um, that was a kind right. of funny Easter egg to see because it was like, oh, that's an evil dead thing. Everyone dies by dawn, which is true. Um, That's something we've also seen. But um, so they get in the elevator. They're all trying to get away. Cassie saves the day by pulling out whatever is jamming the elevator. There was the keys. Um, grabs them pulls them in and then all of a sudden it's like heck yeah the doors close and they're inside but the problem is it's not going anywhere so beth starts like aggressively pushing the buttons and the buttons all of a sudden light up which is great so she's hitting the buttons hitting the buttons and then we start to see the buttons are all in like a vertical line in the elevator and they start like almost it looks like blood is filling up behind the lights right so the elevator shaft is basically getting filled up with blood is what the yep and then the it starts is. pouring in the corners, the ceilings, the walls, everywhere. And it's quick. But you can still see the window of the elevator and they're still on the 13th floor looking out at everyone else. Like, right. all And then the while that's school. happening, Cassie is looking up, Casey's looking up out of that elevator window. And she sees that the deadites are basically like joining together and creating... Mm-hmm kind of think of like the thing you know that that, like distorted body alien looking thing but it's like a mix-up of all the deadites mainly they're morphing ellie um bridget and danny yeah they're morphing together creating this weird entity the thing looking thing um so the elevator's filling up with blood that's (laughs) one problem Right. That's one problem. The second problem is a massive demon just got into the vents and it's coming for them in the elevator. So when the elevator starts filling up with blood, they uh, Beth thinks, oh, let me just let's get out through the top. But when she opens that top panel, the arms of that demon thing start reaching in for them. So they're like, fuck, we can't go they're out. A, they're trapped. They're like completely trapped. They're trapped. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, but then we flash to the sign on the elevator that most elevators have that says max, whatever, six capacity. People. And yeah, capacity is so right. many pounds. So at, at that point, it's exceeding right. capacity. So the weight of the blood and the people, I mean, technically shit, if it's six people, I mean, just the morph together alone, that was probably five or six people right there. So exactly. with <laughs> so the they blood went over the weight, that was filled up. Yep. So then the elevator goes plummeting to the ground. And I think at this point we go, oh, we know where this is going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So we see the elevator doors open. And there's another uh, to The Shining. The elevator is open and the blood just gushes out, just like that iconic scene yeah, in The Shining. Like waves of the blood rushing waves out of, of the elevator. Waves of gallons of blood rushing out into the lobby or wherever, the bottom floor. And it was like, you mm-hmm. know, this is a nice little nod to, of course, The Shining, 
where they have the blood rushing out of the elevator and the doors open. Um, and essentially at this point, um, Cassie and Beth are completely drenched in blood. But they're okay. They're right. alive. Yeah. They made it. They we made love it the bottom, our final just... girls. We <laughs> yes. love our final girls drenched in blood. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. But poor poor Cassie. I mean, she's just a little one. She's a little not ready for this. So, yeah. So um, we have Beth and Cassie getting out of the elevator and they are running. Now we're on the, the parking garage level. So they're running out to the garage. But of course, we have this morphed together deadite that's chasing them out into the garage. So they have keys to a car and they jump in the car and they go and they're like, OK, we got this. And they're uh, rapidly trying to open the gate and the gate's not opening. Mm hmm. Of course, it's like a shit gate. And then um, also the car's back tire gets stuck in a pothole from the earthquake. Right. So the gate finally does open and they're trying to rush through it. But then that's when they get stuck in that pothole. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. So then I. Yeah. And then at that point, too, we do see um, the all the morph together thing that coming out behind them. So they're right. like, all right, we got to get out of the car and hide. Because at mm -hmm. this point, it's like they can't get out. They can't just run to the gate because it's going to get them. Right. And this is when we have like one of those like nerve wracking scenes where they're just like hiding behind pillars, cars, trying to stay away mm -hmm. from this thing. Um, they eventually do try to make a run for the gate because it was yeah, closing. It, uh huh. Yeah. And Beth, both Beth and uh, Cassie. Casey gets Cassie gets through, but the demon pulls Cassie back back in. And the mm -hmm. gate closes, leaving Beth on the other side. Yeah, so now Beth is locked out, and Cassie is in there, mm -hmm. and she can't get to her. But she's not going to leave her behind. We do see a really good um, relationship develop, even just in this movie alone, between Cassie and Beth. So Beth, there's no way in hell she's leaving her behind with this this demon. Um, So Beth breaks open. No, I would have. Sorry. <laughs> I would not. I probably wouldn't have if it was my niece. I don't know. Yeah, but you're I also pregnant. Back. You're also pregnant with your first child. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you can try to save him, I would. So um, Cassie is in this the back of this like truck and Beth like breaks open a, a part of the next to the gate. There's like a screen. She busts out the screen and gets back in. And then this is where we get a, a nice little um, nod to the previous Evil Dead movies. So Cassie is in that truck and the demon morphed thing that, of all the deadites has a chainsaw and they say, we just want your pretty little head. And they try to cut off mm -hmm. Cassie's head, but before they can, Beth like screams, "Hey, hey, over here!" She does something, and that gets their attention away. And the deadites throw the chainsaw at her as kind of like a distraction, and then go after her. Cassie gets out of the truck, and uh -huh. Beth and the deadite creature thing are like fighting it out essentially. And um, Beth yeah. gets them. Um, in a good position close to uh what's it's not a meat grinder but it's like a metal grinder the same this oh uh, no a wood um, chipper, a wood chipper. it kind of looks the same thing that took out michael um she gets them close to that and <laughs> but they try sticking her in first cassie is able to stop yeah. the machine so she beth is able off. to get out right cassie, mm -hmm. uh beth is able to get out and that's when we see the chainsaw that they, the dead eyes are first trying to use which the chainsaw again we didn't have the car that we always see in the evil dead the 1973 old mobile delta 88 royal but the chainsaw is the same color as that car so that was their way of kind of fitting 
that into this film without having the car that right. the same color change. You know what I think is interesting though? Hmm. Um, I mean, there this scene where they introduce the chainsaw that is the colors of Ash's car that has been iconically seen in the other Evil Dead movies. I don't understand why they didn't just put the car in there. I mean, they're in yeah, a parking like garage. You could have very easily they put could that have car hit, in uh, there. The car in there as a cameo. I just feel like um, I think they're trying to get a from ash in these films they're trying to make a whole new storyline without him so i feel like that's why they only did like Mm -hmm. audio stuff and then like right yeah just kind of doing like um things yeah from ash you know but they're just trying to make non easter eggs to it yeah yeah and also bruce campbell is like he's up there in age you know like he's like what 70 something now he can't be fighting these deadites his whole he can't be fighting these deadites forever like they need to establish new um, yeah. heroes mm-hmm. and we also see um the chainsaw itself is iconic as well because um in like kind of like in this movie like the chainsaw has been passed down to beth but before we've seen ash with the chainsaw like in an iconic killing scene i mean he his arm he basically makes the chainsaw so that it can go on his he loses it yeah he loses a hand and makes the chainsaw his hand yeah but then um in the other evil dead movie in 2013 mia as well um she had the chainsaw too so this is kind of like an iconic like it's been passed down to beth when i think evil dead i think chainsaws so it makes sense. Yep. So then um, Beth at this point uses the chainsaw to push this um, Deadeye into the meat grinder as, as Cassie turns it back on quick. And then um, they're all the way out. And then um, it's all we see left is Ellie's kind of like upper like head. And she she calls her sister like she's like, oh, Bethy Boo. She's like, please. And then Beth goes, only my sister gets to call me that. And then throws her in with the chainsaw, uses it to push her into this um, wood chipper. And then we basically get like mm-hmm. blood rain in the garage from this this chipper um, shooting out all the body remnants and guts and whatever comes out of this um from this monster and this is also kind of a nod to the 2013 evil dead where we do see the blood rain exactly as well so kind of we kind of got Mm -hmm. that but in the garage um so yeah like Mm -hmm. we beth and cassie both are able to survive this whole ordeal and i hope cassie goes straight into therapy because that child needs it that poor thing is traumatized but -hmm. it seems like they all got out of it okay yeah, so we see them walk away. Um, we see Cassie and Beth walk away um, with the chainsaw. And that's kind of the last we see them. But then the next morning, um, we do see a girl come down the elevator, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because I'm like, oh, the elevator is working. Or she comes she comes out the garage. Um, she was on or no, 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 no. She takes she the doesn't. Stairs. She takes because the, stairs, she hits the elevator. The elevator. And it, it says it's stuck. Yeah, it's like stuck on the it's stuck on the 13th floor because the shaft is gone, obviously. 13th um, floor. So she takes the stairs, but she's also uh-huh. on FaceTime with her cousin. So she's not paying attention to what's going on around her. And this is the cousin that we saw from the first scene. And they're talking about, oh, so-and-so's dad has a cabin and we're going to go. And this is almost the exact same story as the first Evil Dead. And um, we both are like, oh, we see where this is going. Right. And then um, she gets oh, in her God. car she's she's like let me let you go i'm gonna drive off to the cabin now. i'll come get you she hangs up with her cousin and she looks through her rear mirror and she finally sees the blood everywhere and like the horrific scene that was left behind from the whole ordeal and you know her being the brightest uh-huh. person ever gets out of the car to go investigate 
And um, while she's looking at it, we see like bits of like flesh starting to move in the blood. And then that's when we get the whole um, demon POV of it flying through the garage and it gets to her. And that's when her possession happens. Yes. Yep. And that goes right back to the same people that we saw in our very first cabin scene. So even though um, this Evil Dead movie for the majority did take place in a high rise building, it still found a way to kind of um, connect it back back to a cabin at some point. So that was kind of a nice little connection between the other Evil Dead but movies as well. essentially that was the entire movie. We try to wrap it up in a pretty little bow for you guys. Yeah. And we also, um, and it wasn't as, I wouldn't say it wasn't as prominent in the storyline itself. Um, but something we we didn't quite mention was there was also nods to um, Nightmare on Elm Street in this movie. But we, we did talk about The Shining, but Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Um, in the very beginning, when we just kind of see Bridget talking to the neighbors, um, the one neighbor boy says, oh, we're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street marathon. Do you want to come watch it? And she's yeah. like, absolutely not. Like, there's no way. And then um, later we do see um, Cassie is in the bath and Beth is giving her a bath. And at that point, um, she she goes, oh, well, Cassie, the little girl, is worried that there's like deep sea creatures in her bath. And her aunt goes, oh, well, there's nothing in there. And so she reaches her hand in and it's basically she's pretending, but she acts like she's getting pulled into the bathtub by something, which is a nod back to the bathtub scene from Nightmare on Elm Street, where um, Freddie is basically in the tub and like pulls mm-hmm. her under. So there's just a little little thing there. But I think between all the Easter eggs we saw in this film, um, the gore, the characters. I really did enjoy this film overall. Um, it's one I would probably see, like to see again and kind of maybe go back and watch and see if there's anything else we missed. Um, but I feel like they did put a lot into this and it did come out a little bit later than it was expected. But I think for good reason. I feel like they did add in a lot more and like details than they really needed to, but um, that we all kind of enjoyed. Um, but yeah, right. I also enjoyed it. I think it was a fun yeah. time. I don't, like I've said in the past, I don't like excessive gore. But I think this was done in such a way that it was fun. And I felt like it needed it. Because I know Evil Deads are usually known for their gore. And they're known for being campy. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy that. And also like vulgar. Yes. Yes. Also, like, like when the when when the demons start saying or the um deadites when they start it's saying, it's always things, the most like, ridiculous damn, things like, coming out of their mouth. The deadite <laughs> of Ellie, she is like holding down. I think this is when she was holding down Bridget. She goes, "You titty sucking parasite," and I was like almost clutching my pearls. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Not a- I think that's what also helped get past the goriness of it. Is that there's these little lines added in there that you're. Yeah, oh, you're the just comedy. cracking up at it. And then someone's head is getting chopped off or someone's leg is getting cheese grated. So it just <laughs> Yeah, not not gonna lie. Um, we all in the theater, all, everybody started cracking up when she bit the eye off the one guy and spit it into the other guy's mouth and he started choking. We were it like, was Are the you most ridiculous like, <laughs> thing, but it worked. Like this is one of those movies that it just it just works. Yeah, you know. Um and yeah. The only thing I would say, yeah, about this movie that I would have wanted more, I wouldn't say, um, like, overall, I would probably give it, like, a 7 out of 10. Um, I do feel like it was very quick. Like, the story the story developed really, really, really quick. And then the ending, like, I feel like them, we saw the wood chipper in the garage. It was kind of, like, previewed earlier in the movie. And I think just seeing it there, I was like, yeah, well, that's definitely going to happen. Like, right. someone's going in there, like, for sure. 
So that, that kind of gave it away. And then once they were in the garage, like we kind of saw the wood, it was very obvious it was there. So I feel like the only thing I didn't love was I feel like the ending was kind of like, I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't probably wasn't my favorite. I kind of wish, I feel like all of the, the scenes before that were very dramatic. And then the last one was See, kind but of like, just like, you know, let's, I feel like those whichever. little like sneak peeks, like we saw the scissors being thrown under the, the table. We saw, um, Cassie made that Stephanie saw Stabany, Stabany, whatever it's called. And then we also see the Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. We also see the whichever. I feel like that is like part of the reason why I love horror so much. Cause it's like, it's not the obvious, but it's like kind of like, oh, we know that's gonna get used again. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I kind of I enjoy that yeah. part of horror. I enjoy like, oh, we know where that's yeah. going. Like yeah, we preview. know where that's going, kind of thing. See, see, I I kind of like the ones where they preview it, but not in such an obvious way that you know where it's going. Because I feel like the wood chipper, we saw that and we're like, oh, like we kind of know what that's going to be used for. But with the scissors, I didn't catch because that was a very quick like the mom was looking for the scissors and Cassie goes, oh, I don't know where they are. I don't have them. And she quick hit them under right. the, the couch. So um, that one I didn't quite see coming. But I feel like the wood chipper, I don't know. Um, I kind of wanted a little bit more of a dramatic and I guess versus them just being thrown into the chipper. But because in the other Evil Dead movies, it's like very, very dramatic, like the book being destroyed or something like that. And I feel like the book kind of got left upstairs and kind of forgotten. So I kind of wish they would have like emphasized more on that or like kind of finished it out with something happening to the book. Because as far as we know, right. the book is just upstairs with the so vinyls I would and nothing give ever happened. So a seven so. out of 10. And I think with the title Evil Dead Rise, and the fact that they're kind of making this whole new story and the fact that the book was left up there, I believe that this is them going in a direction that they're going to add a whole new trilogy. Kind of like, uh, oh, yeah. So Evil Dead Rise, like they're rising back. And I I would expect them to say there's going to be a new one soon if this does well, which I think is doing well in box office. Um, I think this mm -hmm. is just them paving the way to start a whole new storyline within the Evil Dead franchise and them leaving the book up there is probably leaving some doors open for the sequels to come. Yes, I agree. And I would be happy to see it. I kind of do want to see this franchise kind of come back to life mm -hmm. a little bit. Because prior to this, the last thing we got was 2013, which was quite a while. I mean, right. 10 years. And also 10 years since Ash we got versus the Evil Dead, Dead so. the show. The mm. show. And that the show was good. And we did have that at HHN. Um, but I'll be honest, I didn't watch the show prior to the house and it was good. I mean, I didn't hate the house, but it was more of a comedic take on Evil Dead. Yeah. Well, Evil Dead itself is, I think, comedic. I think it's the more campy, like campy. comedic horror. Not so much silly mm -hmm. as like evil clowns, but more like, yeah, some serious shit's gonna happen, and then we're gonna call the kids titty sucking parasites you know like just yeah you know, just humor right thing in there which i think makes horror fantastic whenever like you can take a serious mm -hmm. moment and not make it so serious yeah that's true too i did like that aspect of the movie um i think every scene they did they did pretty well um it was very graphic very gory um but like i said i do feel like the only thing i would have changed was i would have changed the ending a bit and i would have added um you know, just a little bit more time to this, like, let the story develop. A yeah, little I bit, think they spent. Other than that, I really, I, I really like yeah. a lot of time spent building the characters, building why they're there, explaining mm -hmm. why someone is the way they they are, and that just um, I've seen people 
say that it was a very slow burn at first, but once that roller coaster started, it was loops, mm-hmm. loops, drops, turns. It was no stopping. It yet. was quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So overall, I mean, not not too bad. I I did like it. Um, but we'll we'll see kind of what they do with it if they continue to expand it and we get another one. I do like that they did put it in a high rise versus like a typical cabin and i'll tell you what when i first heard this movie was coming out i was kind of like oh in a high rise and like this is not going to be good but then i i really do think this movie is a lot better than i expected to be yeah because i feel like you're the way they set it up that they were trapped there you know it wasn't just like they're in this building no they're in Mm -hmm. this building it's they're trapped it's falling apart the stairs and elevators do not work like i feel like it was set up very well and it was a nice refresher for the evil dead franchise yeah. i believe yep i agree it's a nice new take on um a classic horror film exactly. i think for sure all right so i think that's all we have for this one um we like i said have these amc ticket passes and we will be going back to see more movies so um stay tuned keep an eye out yeah. for that um but other than that i mean yeah and it's not a see you next week it's more of a see you next episode because as you guys remember this week is a yep we double got feature, two. So as soon as you're done listening to our rant in this one you can listen to our next rant in episode 13 yep lucky mm-hmm. number 13 <laughs> so um we will see you guys over there but until until then i'm nikki and i'm Allie.